Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Liz Loza, joined by my good friend Dalton Del Don, who is probably thrilled to have a week off from talking about the 49ers. They're giving Dalton headaches. They're giving fantasy managers headaches. We don't have to discuss them this week. So instead, today, we are going to give you, the listener, a preview of all of the other Sunday games for week six. But first, a little pre-show business. You know how we do. By now, I know that you've heard about Yahoo Fantasy Plus because I talk about it every week. But did you know that it is free? I hope so, because that part is true. Between the Trade Hub, the Research Assistant, and Andy Barron's Fire Weekly Newsletter, Fantasy Plus will get you equipped with the best league-specific fantasy advice to help you win your league. And that's all what we want to do, right? So right now, on top of all that, you can get it free, like I was saying, for seven days by visiting yahoofantasyfootball.com slash plus. Now, Dalton, the thing that I am most interested in hearing from you at the top, no questions asked, how did Chloe do in her cross-country mirror race? Thank you for prompting me, Liz. It makes me look less self-indulgent because, you know, I couldn't help myself. She's three for three. She won again. Yes. Uh, B, uh, won by, you know, second place, finished 20 seconds behind her. It's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, it's wow. pretty cool. I, I remain a proud, uh, proud papa here. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm pretty excited. It's all, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool, man. I don't know what to tell you. It's a, I'm a, a proud papa. A little behind the scenes. So on Saturday, I was at, I am, ugh, I am one of the parent baseball coaches, but only on Saturdays um, because on Sundays, you know, we're working. So I was with my daughter and T-ball is the worst. Like it is so, it's still hot here in Los Angeles. And these kids like are either fighting in these like scrums, all these little boys fighting for this ball. And then my daughter, and there's one other girl on the team. And the, by the way, the other girl on the team, not my daughter, is incredible. Like she's already got like calf definition and everybody <laughs> backs up when she gets to the tee. She has an older <laughs> brother who plays travel ball. Um, she's a beast. But my, my daughter is definitely like staring at the dragonflies and the butterflies. And I'm like, hustle, 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 like baseball ready, baseball ready. Anyway, I was out on the baseball diamond slash grass parking lot like, with the t-ballers doing my third base coaching and i get this text from dalton and <laughs> it is video of chloe absolutely dusting the competition and crossing the finish line i feel like you know andy barons the marathon in chicago was this past weekend he's obviously a long distance runner his daughter is an incredibly successful cross-country runner as well like there's something in the fantasy community about daughters of analysts who are incredible runners. 
Yeah, Andy's sending me some times and whatnot already. Yeah, so it's good. Yeah, definitely. I've been I've been picking his brain, but yeah, I can't say any of this comes from me. To be clear, it's probably well. Don't let. Hopefully, he won't listen to this. But uh, my brother in law was pretty good at track. But uh, yeah, I don't know where it comes from. And my son, he does not look like he's going to even be into sports much. But man, my daughter. Before I'm sure everyone will catch up to her eventually. But it's pretty cool right here that she's just uh, yeah, she's just you know, dusting fools racing. It's awesome. It's awesome. Last note of my bragging since I did, you know, dump on my daughter a little bit because <laughs> since she wasn't hustling, she's four for the record. My son, who's a little bit older, he's in second grade. He is um, Chloe's age. In fact, he hit his first home run on Sunday. Oh, wow. Which nice. was a very Congrats. big deal. He awesome. hit his first home run out of the park. And it's kid pitch, and it was his first home run of the season. And my oh, my wow. husband was at the game. He sent me a video. We like caught the end of it because he was like, "Oh my god, it's happening! It's happening!" You know. And like Pax like ran to home plate and then like paused, and you saw him like take it all in, and he just screamed to himself, "I did it!" And like started jumping up and down. It was so so sweet, and I missed it because I'm here analyzing fantasy like you are for all of the listeners who I'm sure would like us to get on with the show. That's awesome. Home run. And I mean, that's, that's sick. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. You too. All right. It's going to be a weekly check-in, <laughs> but let's check in on Miami traveling to Jacksonville. This is the Florida game. There is some interesting news and a good development to a tongue of Iloa was designated to return from IR. He did practice on Wednesday, so he is eligible to play on Sunday. You have to imagine versus the Jaguars defense, this is a nice spot to get him back into playing form. It's not too intensive a matchup where, I mean, obviously ribs is a painful injury, but this is uh, like a softer spot for him to come back to action. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't want to use him in fantasy, especially coming back, Uh, but don't trust Urban Meyer in this London trip. The coaching may matter even more. Um, speaking of coaching, I still am upset. Brian Flores constantly punting to Tom Brady last week. Odd stat of the week. Uh, Jacksonville yet to have a field goal this season. I believe it's the longest into the season ever for that to occur. But um, yeah, I think Miami bounces back. It's right here. Parker still banged up and injured. Waddle and Gasicki were such disappointments. I really liked them in DFS last week in Tampa Bay with no Parker, no Fuller, and the best... Uh, pass funnel uh, opponent, but that did not exactly work. But yes, this is a bounce back spot against a Jacksonville team that's arguably the worst in football right now. Jacksonville is better against the pass than they are the run, but that's not saying very much because they've only managed one interception so far this season and just eight sacks on the season. So again, despite the trip to London, which you're right to point out, I, I feel like this is a spot for Tua to shake off some rust. I wonder also if it's going to be another big day for Gaskin. You know, he he out of nowhere performed. I think we all have him in our inside of our top 25 running backs at the position. And obviously, as I mentioned, Jacksonville versus the run is a great matchup. So but, you know, these London games always go a little bit sideways. If I had Gaskin and I was banged because of buys and injuries, I think I might flex him, though. Yeah, Gaskin was the big beneficiary last week of the pass funnel defense. It was not Waddler to Sicky, all those dump offs to him. Game script won't call for that, but he has emerged as the lead back in Miami. So yeah, that makes him a top 20 fantasy option with the rest of the, you know, the muddled running back situations and especially in this matchup. So yeah, it won't be the targets, but the game script may be favorable to him to get a bunch more carries. Um, And the flip side, LaVisca Chenault, another huge disappointment last week in a lot of DFS lineups. Uh, Tavon Austin started on the outside 
side as expected, but still you expected more targets out of the slot from Chenault. Just very disappointing there, uh, top to bottom in Jacksonville. Um, and if you wanted to go deep, uh, deep flyer, Dan Arnold uh, at, a thin tight end, at a thin tight end position. Apparently Jacksonville really likes him. They traded for him and in targeting him. So he's absolutely on the fantasy radar. I think he's part of the reason Chenault didn't see a lot of volume last week, frankly. He got eight looks, converted six of them for 64 yards. I agree with that sleeper play. I agree so much that we should move on to Green Bay traveling to Chicago. I love that everyone loves to call this the oldest rivalry in the NFL, in football history. And I guess that's true in terms of number of years, but there's not much of a rivalry because... Green Bay has kicked the you-know-what out of the Bears time and time again. Um, In fact, in some press conference with Aaron Rodgers, I don't know which one because the Chicago media loves this, um, asked Rodgers if he would ever consider, since his playing time in Green Bay is tenuous at best, um, if he'd come to Chicago. And he very promptly and emphatically responded with, nah. Aaron Rodgers is great. I love his interviews. He's funny. <laughs> so you probably are heartbroken to hear that. You know, I'm also heartbroken that he wanted to, I mean, the Niners could have drafted right. him so many years ago. He was 10 miles down the road at Cal. And man, just, oh, he's so, yeah, he's, he's I like how he speaks his mind. Um, and he's obviously kind of good at football too. So yeah, sorry, Liz, you're not getting uh, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> No, it's okay. I've I've waited this. I've survived this long without him. I can I can take it. Um, Green Bay is obviously favored by quite a bit, four and a half in this one. I mean, maybe people didn't expect that much. I'd be interested to see if that changes though, because right now the Bears are really really banged up. Alice Allen Robinson was held out of practice for the second straight day. He's dealing with an ankle issue. Khalil Mack has a foot problem. Akeem Hicks who dealt with that groin injury, missed week five. And that obviously, I mean, when I see Akeem Hicks out, and the Raiders last week, like, there was obviously a lot going on with the Raiders. But Josh Jacobs was someone that I was targeting in that matchup because Hicks is such an important part of the Bears' run defense. And if he was out or he continues to be out this week, then... I don't know if I am looking for, like, if I'm desperate, maybe A.J. Dillon. Like, he had 15 carries for over 80 yards in week four, and that was against Pittsburgh. So that is not a friendly matchup. And then last week, he saw a lot of action in the passing game, converted all four of his looks for 49 yards and a touchdown via the air. That was, admittedly, there was overtime at play there. And, you know, I don't think anyone expected that game to go back and forth as much as it did. But he's still seen over 30% of the snap share for two weeks in a row. And... I mean, if the if the Bears are banged up and they can't keep pace and Green Bay cruises, then I can see a situ- I can see AJ Dillon eating clock in the stead of Aaron Jones quite a bit. Yeah, I'm ranking AJ Dillon as a flex uh, start in this play. You know, Jamal Williams got about 11 touches per game last year, and AJ Dillon has just surprisingly been more active in the passing game. Aaron Jones is battling an ankle injury too. Lafleur mm. said he left the stadium last week, saying he regrets not giving AJ Dillon even more touches. So, uh, yeah, and a game script should be favorable. Uh, their favorites, so I like AJ Dillon as a, a flex play. You know, running back is so so thin. Um, and then on the flip side, Damian Williams was the l- later breaking news before we started recording this on the COVID list so Khalil Herbert I thought was kind of uh it was false if you just looked at just his box score last week because he got all 17 of 18 touches while playing with the lead uh an unlikely event uh this week but now if Williams misses it run to your waiver wire to grab Herbert uh who's likely already been scooped up and Allen Robinson I had him out ranked about my wide receiver 41 or 42 before you know he was so banged up so I I would try to not start him if possible with the team barely throwing the ball 20 times a game and Darnell Mooney 
you know, he's a little banged up too, but you look at the air yards and there's, he's not a bad DFS flyer. Or if you're looking for, you know, you need an option in a deeper fantasy league Mooney, but you don't, you don't love it, but it's more of a, more of a high risk, uh, low floor type play. Wanted to highlight two of the things you said. You mentioned how the Bears are not putting the ball in the air at all. Bill Lazor clearly wanting to focus on the run. I mean, it makes the offense really predictable, which I'm guessing opposing defenses can pick up on. But hey, that's not my job. It is my job in relation to analyzing Khalil Herbert, who, by the way, is rostered in only 40% of leagues as of this recording on Thursday afternoon. So there might still be leagues available where you can scoop him up and you should play him because the volume here, given the play calling, even in a matchup against the Green Bay Packers, where like you imagine there'd have to be some passing if Allen Robinson is banged up and uh, Williams isn't available. Well, then I imagine Herbert can get some of that, too. Yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, I would. I'm going to rank him as a RB two type. Uh, use Herbert, uh, assuming Williams misses this game. And uh, let me rephrase: Mooney does have some upside if they connect on one of those deep deep passes, but uh, certainly a low floor as well. But man, what do you what do you think about Allen Robinson? Everyone was so encouraged with finally getting a quarterback who's competent. I mean, including me. And uh, injury aside, wow, one of the most disappointing players in fantasy. I mean, yeah. he was drafted as a borderline top ten fantasy wideout, and if healthy, I think you have to you have to bench him right now. I think the injury is hurting him more, and I also think that there is a shift period. Andy and Scott, I think, spoke brilliantly about him on the Pickups podcast, and admittedly, I I am biased, right, as a Bears fan, but I think that he might be, again, if you have the space, if you have the, the bench space available, a buy low candidate. It's hard right now to stash because we are in the bye weeks, and some teams, you know, aren't, aren't, Five and oh, right? So like, but if you have the record in the space where you can afford it, I would maybe try to buy low on him, imagining that once he gets healthier and things start to click in Chicago, Laser won't be so clamped down on the ground game. Yep, makes sense. I think, uh, by the way, I think the Bears keep this, uh, keep this relatively close. Well, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> you, don't sound as, you don't sound as confident. <laughs> I don't. Uh, but I want to talk about, because the running backs are the headline in the next matchup. It's Cincinnati at Detroit. Joe Mixon, who did manage to make it onto the field, but only played 28% of the snaps-ish last week. He is practicing again. And more COVID news, Samaji Pirine, who he split that work with and who saw a good amount of targets through the air, is on the COVID list. So normally, Mixon sees about 80% of the team snaps, maybe more than that, right, depending on the game flow. But if Pirine is not available, then Mixon goes back to being like a top 12 option, especially against this defense. The Detroit Lions have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to running backs. And the better stat than that, just to contextualize it, they've given up 10 touchdowns to opposing running backs, six on the ground, four through the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I concur with everything you said. I have him as my RB12, but oh, I would have him higher if not, you know, for the health concern. That's it. But yeah, without with Pirine opening up the the targets, hopefully. Oh, they haven't quite been there as expected with Gio Bernard gone, but still in this matchup. With him able to play even last week, yeah, I like him as an RB1 this week. $28 in DFS, by the way. That team's low. With Chase looking like a star and Higgins back and Boyd healthy and Burrow looking good and a, you know uh, indoors against one of the league's worst defenses. Let's go. Exactly. Yeah, Bengals should should put up light up the scoreboard this weekend. Yeah. Moving on to Houston at Indianapolis. Okay, Carson Wentz, we see you on primetime completing 71% of his passages averaging over 11 YPA, 402, 402 yards out of Carson Wentz with two touchdowns. And like, this is when you're like, wait, am I living in the upside down? Zero interceptions from Carson Wentz. QB nine for week five. 
you know, you look at this matchup and you're like, okay, the matchup looks pretty easy. Although, to be fair, like, the Texans' pass defense isn't bad. Like, they haven't been maybe tested as much, but they're not bad. They're worse against the run. But I still feel like when you look at the Indianapolis Colts secondary, which is normally pretty solid with Xavier Rhodes and the safety Sandejo, both of those guys are in the concussion protocol. They played on Monday night. That's a quick turnaround to be able to clear protocol and make it onto the field on Sunday. So if they are out, I can see Davis Mills kind of doing what he, like surprising us and not wanting to give up. That kid has fight in him and he's streaky as all get out, right? But like, if he decides to get up for this game and start slinging and all of a sudden he has more success because the secondary is thinned out due to injury, then maybe Carson Wentz has to like answer a little bit. And I think we have a QB 15. Both QBs definitely played far better than expected last week. And they nearly knocked two big time entries of Survivor out. You know, uh, Davis Mills played well against the Patriots. Suddenly that Houston's going for it on every fourth down. And then the Colts nearly knocked out many others uh, against the Ravens. Uh, And now, coincidentally, this is definitely an option in Survivor with the Colts, the biggest favorite uh, on the board this week. Um, But yeah, Wentz looking good. And Davis Mills is now a total wild card. Who knows what we get out of him. As far as you you said it about Houston, it's interesting. In DVOA, their pass defense is top 10 and their run defense is 30th. So that's a total run funnel, uh, Jonathan Taylor type game. I know he benefited from the long pass catch last week and you'd like to see more consistent volume, but you still got to like Taylor as a top five type fantasy back in this matchup. I also am curious about Houston. Like I, I always want to find fantasy gold where you can mine it, especially once we see these patterns. Like once we know who the obvious plays are, the obvious busts are, I try to like find the situations that haven't quite become clear yet, play a little fantasy detective, if you will. And like, I am intrigued by what's going on in Houston. I would obviously expect, especially if Xavier Rhodes is out, that like Brandon Cooks is a good, he'll bounce back in this one. And I'm happy with that. But like, David Johnson has been, or at least last week, once Davis Mills came came back to life, he was very active in the passing game. And I'm interested to see if that will happen again. And what's even more interesting is that like David Johnson is taking the bulk of the bulk of his receiving snaps on the outside, not in the slot. And you'd think it might be in the slot because Amendola was out and then they you know, uh, activated this Chris Moore from the practice squad. And then that kid goes off for like over a hundred yards. And there's still some like mystery as to like what's going to happen because there's not been enough consistency out of us, the squad to know. But I wouldn't mind preemptively if you're desperate in PPR friendly format, scooping David Johnson, using him this week and then saving him for next week because Houston gets the Cardinals in week two. And you know that the Cardinals usually are expected to be part of high-scoring affairs. Makes sense being double-digit underdogs for the more passing down back this week for Johnson. I love the Brandon Cooks call. I'm glad you reminded me to talk about him. He's come up a couple quiet games, but they were against Buffalo and then New England. New England, Belichick always just shuts down his opponent's best player, and Cooks actually Mm -hmm. totally qualifies. Um, He's still second in the league this year in Whopper, weighted opportunity rating. He's just getting the air yards and the target share. And I think he bounces back here. I haven't ranked as like a, or I I will move him up if I haven't as a top 15 type fantasy wideout this league. He's not, his salary is not priced that way in DFS. Um, I think his ECR was like in the 25 to 30 range. I think that they're just recency bias there. I think Cooks is, is really a strong play this week. The Rams especially, are traveling Especially to, if Davis Mills is good. And sorry, you brought up Rhodes out too on the Colts. Sorry, there's a lot pointing for Cooks to have a really big game here. 
I'm in, I'm in lockstep with you on that. Let's move along to the next matchup. The Rams are traveling across the country from Los Angeles to the Big Apple to play the Giants. Look, let's get through all of the injury information first, because the Giants, as we all know, are super banged up. Um, Daniel Jones did practice on Thursday. He is expected to clear concussion protocol and play on Sunday. Okay, piece one. You have him as your QB 11. Should I ask you why first, or should I continue to go through the injury updates before we get there? I'm imagining they're connected. I mean, I, I'm assuming that Daniel Jones is healthy. The guy's he's running the ball as much as almost any other quarterback outside of Lamar Jackson. His YPA is strong. I think he's going to get some reinforcements back this week. And I'm just I'm in on Daniel Jones' fantasy value this year. The, the Rams' defense has been very mediocre. Middle of the pack, DVOA. I think they're 15th or whatever. They're not only not as good as last year, they're decidedly worse. And they've had some injuries in their secondary. They're dealing with Darius uh, Williams, I believe, is out of this game. So, yeah, I like Daniel Jones. Well, you met, you mentioned his reinforcements. This is what I was alluding to. Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton both practiced on Thursday, so they're expected to play on Sunday. Kadarius Toney, who was the big breakout last week, although some of us called it a week before. No, no victory laps needed. Uh, he has an ankle issue. He's limited, but he should be active on Sunday. Kenny Galladay dealing with the hyperextended knee. He was sidelined on Thursday, but again, we've got Shepard Slayton and Tony involved now. Saquon dealing with the low ankle sprain that we all have seen images of and discussed. He was sidelined on Thursday. So it makes sense that at least in terms of his pass catchers, minus Barkley, who is, you know, um, an anomaly at the running back position for that reason and what he and Jones have, at least in recent weeks, not really what they did last year, but in recent weeks, been able to connect. Um, It looks like a lot of the solid pass catchers will be back for Jones. Yeah, big help there with Shepard and Slayton. And Tony just looks like the real deal. He's already back practicing, dealing with that ankle injury. Man, what an, how impressive this look at, this rookie has looked. I know it's been talked about a lot, but he just jumps off the screen. And uh, yeah, with Barkley, Barkley obviously helps uh, as a safety blanket, but they're not going to be able to run the ball much against the Rams. So I just think Daniel Jones is going to have to pass it a lot against a beatable secondary that's dealing with injuries and uh, to some some playmakers. Uh, hopefully, uh, Andrew Thomas comes back too. But um, yeah, I like Danny Dimes this year. He's really looked far better, and hopefully he can return from that. Obviously, that scary-looking concussion, but Stefania Bell repeats that how bad it looks is, is not an indicator for, for like how much this will affect someone. It might look not bad at all at the time, but the person could have after effects for weeks and weeks after. Just because you saw him wobble there does not necessarily have any correlation to the after effects. That's a good reminder. You mentioned that running against the Rams is obviously difficult. Devontae Booker was one of the waiver wire's hottest ads this week. Are you telling people to temper expectations then? No, even though I said that Booker's the type that could catch, you know, five, six, seven balls too. So, and the, and the running back, as I keep saying, is so bad. I still have him ranked inside my top 25. I mean, if he's yep. going to be their feature guy, I mean, I think you got to still do that. Would you rather play him or Miles Gaskin? I think I'd rather play Ooh. Booker because I don't trust the London. Great question. I have them right in the same tier. I wouldn't wouldn't push back at that at all. What, which one would you prefer to? Play? I have I have Gaskin slightly higher right now, oh, okay. but man, it really is a coin flip. Honestly, I mean, I've like yeah, if I had to really think about that, uh, that totally close. Honestly, I'd tell you if I felt strongly, but that that one's a, a close one for me. All right. Well, I'm just trying to contextualize for people's rosters because sometimes totally. you say top 25 and they're like, oh, I don't know what that I don't I don't blame. I need to some, sometimes see it, too, so I can see names and be like, ah, OK. Anyway, let's talk about the Rams and another running back. Daryl Henderson is coming off of a 99 total yard performance. He's only $20 in DFS. And I have to imagine that he, given the fact that 
the Rams are nearly 10-point favorites, should have quite a few opportunities. Now, him I love. I have him ranked above ECR. I have him 7th or 8th among my uh, running backs. He came off. If you look at the Sonny Michelle, now he was okay when he did come on, but he came. Uh, he replaced Henderson last week only when Henderson was dealing with like an arm injury on the sideline. It was not a change in usage. The Rams have treated him like a true workhorse. Now, I can't guarantee he'll stay healthy even this game, let alone the rest of the season, but uh, the Giants defense isn't anything to, to shy away from, and the Rams are big favorites in this game. So I love Henderson. So, yeah, I have him ranked uh, uh, must-start. He's had 10 days to rest up. Yep, yep. He's uh, separating from that rib injury. Yep, totally. Yeah. Tyler Higby, $16 in our game. Um, the Giants have allowed seven touchdowns to the tight end position. I know you like Higby every week, but for 16 bucks, I'm imagining you really like him in DFS. Yeah, I didn't realize the Giants have been so vulnerable to that position. But yeah, and yeah, that, that tight end remains so thin. You got to fire up Higby if you have him. Kansas City is traveling to our nation's capital. Um, It's a special event and game for the Washington football team in which Sean Taylor's number will be retired. So that's an important emotional piece that they'll go on to that the Washington football team members will go on to the field carrying. Um, Just something to note. I feel like every week I talk up Taylor Heineke. He is my Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones is your preferred rushing quarterback that's a bit of an underdog then Heineke is mine he's averaging over 25 rushing yards per game and which is the QB8 by the way um he's currently the QB14 overall in fantasy I have him on our like I have him in the fishbowl where I also have Kyler Murray and Matt Stafford and I'm always like I can't I can only start two of these guys so I'm not starting him and meanwhile like he's outscoring Stafford on the regular and it's so frustrating But I think in this matchup that you're expecting a good number of points out of, he deserves top 12 consideration. The Chiefs defense is a mess. It's it's banged up. It's allowing every they've allowed the most fantasy points and the most rushing yards, most importantly, when we're talking about Heineke to opposing quarterbacks. I have Heineke ranked as my QB 10, one spot ahead of my guy Jones this week. I would fire him up in DFS. The the Kansas City defense has allowed 7.1 yards per play this season. That would be an NFL record, the worst ever. Fire up Heineke. Terry McLaurin was my uh, bold prediction of the week. I just said he's he's my fantasy wide receiver one. He'll finish as this week, coming off a couple tougher matchups, and I think he really breaks out this week. I also like Ricky Seals-Jones. I know he kind of disappointed last week, but he saw eight eight targets and three end zone targets. He had like a 40-yard catch called back to, so you could still use him at a shaky tight end position. And Kansas City, man, this this is the highest over-under of the week. A lot of points are expected. Patrick Mahomes should bounce back. Uh, Daryl Williams is a total uh, RB2 option with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out. Uh, Nicole Hartman, I think, is I know he continues to disappoint, but he's a flex option after seeing 12 targets last week, and he's even more than that if Tyreek Hill has to sit out this game as he continues to miss practice this week with a quad injury. And I also like Kelsey in a nice bounce-back spot, too. Uh, yeah, I love that the all eyes will be on the tight end position in this one. Travis Kelsey and RSJ. Love the RSJ pick. He was my look to next week, and I talked him up on FFL last Sunday. You mentioned the eight targets. The Chiefs have given up touchdowns to tight ends for two weeks in a row. And agree, Daryl Williams, 20. He's in that, like, RB20 range, like the guys that we're talking about yes, that we, we exactly. mentioned. Devonta Booker, Miles Gaskin, that same tier of players. That's where you're putting this kid in replacement of CEH. By the way, he's been with the team for quite a bit. He's really good at the goal line. Uh, very strong player. I think he, yeah, he's, he's a very strong player. I think he, um, like, strength-wise, 22 bench reps, I think, was his... Um, the metric he managed, and he's only $17 in DFS. So, again, maybe 
he's not a one-for-one one replacement, but we've actually seen him vulture um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire the, at the goal line previously this season. And in a game that we're expecting this much scoring out of, a touch the touchdown upside makes him a great value. I have a question for you because you mentioned, and thank you for doing it, the, uh, the Tyreek Hill quad issue that's kept him out of practice, didn't practice on Thursday either. Do you think... I mean, and this is like the, this is where like, maybe we get greedy or maybe we get cute as fantasy managers, but like, could this be more for Josh Gordon who was on the field, but like eight snaps, two targets, nothing much, but Andy Reid is intimating might see a larger role, even if Hill were on the field. Yeah, sure. I know most of the snaps in the first half, but it was expected, obviously, to be a slow start after sure. such a long break. So, yeah, absolutely. If Hill misses, maybe it, it leads to more Gordon, who remains, you know, just a stash upside in uh, in deeper formats. But, yeah, he, he remains certainly a stash with upside. I mean, Hill has dealt with, like, some weird knee issue dating back to the preseason. Hopefully it's nothing, and he, and he plays, obviously. But, obviously, there's a lot of upside here if targets were to open up in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota is traveling to Carolina Biggest news after, oh my gosh, the status on CMC keeps going up and down. And as someone who has him in, well, a league that we're in together and a high stakes league, it's a bit bad for my heart. Um, he did not practice on Thursday. So as of right now, it is trending towards him being sidelined for the third straight week in week six. Yeah, I would not count on uh, CMC one more week. Hopefully he comes back closer to 100% next week and then fire up Chuba Hubbard, um, whom's kind of pretty much in the range we keep talking about there in that same tier, if not slightly a tick above. Um, but uh, yeah, it's unfortunate CMC. I th- you, you were encouraged he was going to return this week after he returned to limited practice last week. But uh, it looks to me that it would uh, it's going to be one more week before we get uh, Fantasy's best running back back. Uh, maybe the second best running back, Dalvin Cook, does look like he's going to play. He was limited in practice on Thursday with that ankle issue. And obviously you're firing him up and hoping that the week off last week helped get him back on track. Yeah, Alex- Alexander Madison, we just need to file away, is a must start anytime Cook is out. I mean, he's benefited 100%. from some easy easy matchups, but man, he's been essentially a top five fantasy player uh, with Cook's sidelines. So it's nice to have that, that alternative. But yeah, Cook looks good to go. And uh, this is against a tougher matchup, though. The Panthers have allowed the second fewest yards per play of the season, albeit against a, a very easy schedule. The 4-1 Chargers are traveling to the East Coast to take on the 4-1 Ravens. These are two teams, by the way, that have had some of the most emotional, heroic, close games over the past few weeks. So this should be an incredible, I mean, I'm expecting a big game, lots of fireworks, lots of drama, um, keeping everyone connected to the television set or their phones if they're watching it on the Yahoo Sports app on their mobile device. Lots of point is the point. And you're going to start everyone. Lamar Jackson, fifth in the league in passing and eighth in the league in rushing. It's insane. Uh, Maybe suddenly the MVP favorite uh, playing so well, Marquise Brown. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Fire everyone up. This should be high scoring. Uh, Your guy, Austin Eckler. What uh, I I love listening to him talk about the uh, on on your show, Eckler's Edge, about the, you know, getting carried into the end zone. I mean, what that's funny, man. Stopping short and then carried in. It's unheard of. Uh, So good for him. Mike Williams might miss this game. He's missing some practice. And Mike Williams, I still get questions like, is he where make no mistake. Healthy Mike Williams is a top 10 fantasy wide receiver with Justin mm-hmm. Herbert playing this well. I mean, he's better than Keenan Allen, but unfortunately he's not healthy right now. So definitely pay attention to that. And man, in a, in a game that should be high scoring, uh, if he were to sit out, Keenan Allen could be looking at 15 targets. 
you know who else could be looking to see the end zone for the third week in a row if Williams is out is Donald Parham. Like Parham I know, I know guy. Yeah. everybody, everybody rolls their eyes. Everyone's still on Jared Cook, but Herbert loves Parham in the red area. Like just loves him. Austin said it to me. Like Austin's like, yeah, how could you not love me? Six foot nine. Like all he does is box out. He was that. He was a college wide receiver at Stetson, I believe. Put up monster numbers there, and then was a standout at the XFL. Chargers noticed, added him. He's like this athletic freak. And I'm be honest. Like I asked Austin before we started filming episode one, when I was reading like preseason notes and listening to beat reporters who were talking about Parham's ability to flash and the connection that he had with Herbert. And Austin was like, I'm not ready to say it now, but like the kid's going to pop. He's going to pop. And so I know when I say Parham, people are like, oh, she's chasing touchdowns. But I mean, I don't know. Mike Williams has, we know what kind of red zone appeal he has. And Jared Cook has made some errors over the past couple of weeks. Parham has been golden in the red area. And I think that like, maybe he only catches one and that's what you get out of him. But have fun with the rest of the tight end position if you want more than that. Especially with Mike Williams if he's out, because, yeah, he's among the league leaders in end zone targets. And then quickly on the flip side, Rashad Bateman may make his uh, NFL debut in this game. Definitely someone worth stashing. Uh, I wouldn't be too concerned if I'm rolling out Marquise Brown. But, uh, man, this passing offense with defenses crowding line of scrimmage, keep daring Lamar to go deep, and he's he's burning them. And now you add Bateman to the mix. Uh, it's exciting. I, I love I love to see it. Bateman, a first-round pick out of Minnesota, um, might have a more elevated role than I think Greg Roman wanted him to have because Sammy Watkins has not practiced on Thursday. He's dealing with this hamstring issue. So I think you could see Bateman thrown into the fire a little bit faster than anyone anticipated. Yeah, good point, Watkins. Absolutely, yeah. And Watkins, obviously, not the most durable player throughout his career either. Arizona is traveling to Cleveland and wildly... The Cardinals are 5-0 and and yet three-point underdogs in this matchup. Yeah, I see it, man. The Cardinals, maybe it's because Kyler Murray's a little banged up. He kept having his uh, biceps massage last week uh, under through the ball like in the second half. Massage. Yeah, I know. Who wouldn't? I hear you. Um, <laughs> but his shoulder injury, it's something. Maybe it's nothing. Um, I don't know. Browns are a good team, man. They play good defense. But Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are missing practice. Something to pay attention to. Uh, Odell Beckham has all these unrealized air yards. Uh, supposedly, uh, this game... Could be windy, which would theoretically uh, favor the, the the you know home the Brown. Cleveland team that pounds the football more. But um, should be a should be a fun one, like you said, one of the more higher scoring projected games of the week. And uh, Jarvis Landry, if anyone's keeping track, uh, is unlikely to be active on Sunday in this matchup. Like the wind is something, so let's watch that. But barring the wind, I know everyone has been kind of up and down on Rondell Moore because his production has been up and down. He is the wide receiver for you and I've talked about it. Like, I feel like we are constantly reminding people like, yo, 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 his floor is not great. He is the wide receiver for on this team. But when I look at what he does particularly well and the catch, my gosh, his hands, the catch he made last week in combination with that four, three speed and the fact that the Browns are consistently giving up explosive plays are like the opposite of the Chargers defense, right? Like the Browns give up, I believe the 10th most have given up the 10th most receptions over 20 yards that in a close game where the Cardinals are underdogs means Rondell Moore has an incredible opportunity to hit his ceiling. Yeah, no Max Williams, too, I think really helps. Uh, it's hard not to be impressed with the rookie wideout. I believe your guy Eckler, too, 
was talking him up. Um, yeah, Rondell Moore looks uh, impressive. He's not someone you'd be confident uh, with the, the lack of consistent uh, volume in the past. But man, they're finding a way to get him the ball. So I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like more. I love them. I love the matchup for him, especially in a close game. The Las Vegas Raiders are traveling to mile high. I don't, I mean, I don't really have a lot to say about this matchup. Um, I think the Raiders, obviously you could see in the game against Chicago had other things going on. And some of that locker room frustration off the field frustration bubbled over. I obviously watched that game pretty closely and the Raiders did not look like the Raiders at the top of the season. The special teams coach, Rich Bisaccia, will be the interim head coach in replacement of John Gruden. I imagine it's going to be a really low-scoring game. I would be interested. I've gotten a lot of Javante Williams questions, and I feel like he is heating up more and more. I think that he'd be a nice flex, low-end RB2 play in this one, particularly because the game is you know, at mile high and that altitude always or often messes with opposing teams. As is, they're both just flex options. Uh, but but if one were to get hurt, especially the exciting Javante Williams again, at home in this smash matchup against the Raiders, he would be like a top 10 fantasy back. But as is, both playing split, they're more just flex options. But yeah, you like the matchup and you like the, the fact that they should be playing with the lead. Tough, set, tough setup here for the Raiders traveling to Denver here, dealing with all the off-field stuff. And on, on Denver, I'll tell you who I am excited about. It's Cortland Sutton. When, when Jerry Judy's out, and Teddy Bridgewater's playing quarterback. He's treated like the true number one guy there, man. And I, and I really like Sun. I agree with that. Uh, the Cowboys are traveling to New England. Girl, I like every week I am out here trying to Da Vinci code the damn Patriots backfield. Like, I, I know that I shouldn't do it, right? I know all the signs are saying like, lady, the Pope will get you. Stop this. But the puzzle pieces keep shifting and I'm just like, I'm so, I got to figure it out. It's like the unknowable Rubik's cube that I am obsessed with. Damian Harris was in and out of last week's game. He got a chest slash rib injury. Now he is practicing this week. He was limited in practice on Thursday. So I'm assuming he's going to see the field on Sunday, but we don't know to what capacity because he fumbled again and he lost it. And he didn't just like fumble you know, in the middle of the field, he fumbled at the damn goal line for the second Again. time this season. And Ramondre Stevenson, who had been a healthy scratch for a couple of weeks, takes the field, sees action in Harris's stead while he's in and out of the game. And what do we know about Stevenson? Oh, we know that Ivan Fears, the running backs coach, compared him to LeGarrette Blunt earlier in the summer. So if I'm thinking, even if Harris plays, do they dare, does Bill Belichick dare let him hold the ball near the goal line? Or even though Stevenson ass assumingly has a tone for his fumble from weeks ago, from week one, like he's the goal line guy. He has the profile for that particular part of the game. So maybe he gets the goal line then, in which case, all right, I'm in. I still rank Damian Harris as a top 30 back this week, but I don't feel confident about it because he could just get totally benched after his second crucial loss fumble at the goal line. Belichick does not love that. Stevenson led, I believe, the whole NFL in rushing yards uh, in the preseason, really impressed. 
Um, yeah, so he's true. absolutely on the radar and needs to be stashed for sure. Um, I don't think you can start him yet, but he could easily take over there. And that offensive line, which projected to be good before the season, you know, it's missing four or five starters last week, but hopefully they get healthier and off the COVID list, a couple of them. Um, so there's upside remains because Mac Jones has actually looked uh, pretty good recently. So um, uh, Damian Harris has been very, very disappointing. The fumbles at the worst times. But yeah, it remains a very uh, unclear situation moving forward with Stevenson. Man, if he emerges, uh, there's there's some decent upside moving forward. And, and Hunter Henry has it's kind of separated himself himself from Jonu Smith and has become a top twelve ish type uh, fantasy tight end option. This is one of those games that could get you a sneaky a sneaky high amount of points. Like I don't know if you look at this on the slate, you think like, oh, it's gonna be a high scoring game, but there is the potential for that, which means. Unfortunately, and because the Cowboys are only favorited by three and a half, it means you have to start everybody. You've got to start CeeDee Lamb. You've got to start Amari Cooper, even though Dalton Schultz has more catches and touchdowns than Lamb. Over 90% of the snaps, Andy ran 25 routes last week, Schultz did. Oh, yeah. Schultz is definitely emerges a must, must start. But um, how frustrating is that? Like, we don't know if we're going to have enough volume, but when you see a game that could go over 50... You think, all right, well, there should be hopefully enough volume available for my guys and they're too talented and the quarterback is too amazing to not put into your lineup. Yeah, I know you're rolling out Dak, Amari, and, and CD and Elliott, but um, it's worth noting that they do typically play a little bit better at home. And the main thing with the Cowboys, uh, I love Kellen Moore's uh, play calling and their impressive defense. In real life, they look like a legit Super Bowl threat. But in fantasy terms, uh, after week one in which they played the uh, Tampa Bay team that forces everyone to throw the ball, they've really ran the ball over expectation every yeah. week since. And they've just become kind of this conservative offense, which is not ideal. And the opposite of the pinball, you know, carnival that we saw over the first month of the season before Dak was hurt last year. So, you know, it's hurt. You know, CeeDee Lamb and Mari Cooper aren't, aren't putting up the, the stats that their fantasy managers had hoped. And it might be more of that, you know, it's probably not, they're probably not going to live up to ADP with Gallup returning shortly. And if they continue to, uh, to win this way, there's still going to be must starts, of course, but maybe not up to the expectations many of us had. I mean, if I, if I see the Cowboys, assuming everything stays the way it's been, right? If I see the Cowboys and they're in a matchup where like the over-under is 45, then maybe, and I, and then maybe if I have Amari Cooper, because I took the value instead of paying up for CeeDee Lamb. And I have a comparable player, like maybe the tiebreaker is I'll lean towards the other guy because I'm not expecting the kind of volume based on the, as you mentioned, conservative offense that Moore has been running. But in this one, again, I, uh, 50 and a half, like I, I got to do it. I can't, I, I got to risk it. The upside is too good. Yep. Yep. I'm starting them as well. All right. Let's talk about the Sunday night game. Seattle is traveling to Pittsburgh without Russell Wilson. So the Geno coaster is back. It was mostly an enjoyable ride last week. Um, It is interesting, though, that the highest priced player in our daily game is not a quarterback. It's a running back. So what's that about running backs not mattering? It's Najee Harris. He's $29. Ben Roethlisberger, who, by the way, will not be benched. Not, I heard a heck no, will not be benched, is $23. So, uh, interesting discrepancy between these two players. Oh, and uh, and Geno Smith is $23 as well, the same price as Big Ben. Look at Najee after week one. You know, he disappointed, but man, the volume's been there. And now no juju. The targets will, will, mm. will skyrocket even higher. Um, just, I, man, I, I love Najee uh, moving forward, even with, you know, with, with Ben Roethlisberger being so shaky. Um, yeah, I think that the... 
The, by the way, the, the Seahawks are on pace to allow the most yards in, in NFL history. So this is kind of a quietly a good matchup here for, uh, for Pittsburgh. But I think that Geno Smith will be competent enough to, to keep uh, Harmon and I talked about it. The, the fantasy value of float for Metcalf and Tyler Lockett enough. I think they'll, they'll scheme around making sure those guys are targeted. It just won't be downfield quite the same as Russell Wilson. It'll just be shorter, and they'll make sure that they get the ball into Metcalf's hands and, and whatnot. But um, I, think, I think Seattle will ugly this up and make this a closer game than maybe some expect. But I will say I would not trust any of their running backs in a sun. So DFS, you'll have more clarity, but in you know maybe season long, you need to know early Earlier in a Sunday night game, is it going to be Carson? Is it going to be Collins, you know, on the road in a tough matchup? Uh, no thanks if you have any any viable alternatives whatsoever. Well said, well said. And I, I agree with you that Harris is just, in this matchup, like you have to imagine with without Juju there to work as a safety blanket and Ben banged up and frankly bad and the O-line being what it is, like defenses are going to stack the box more and more against Harris. And yet, I'm not worried about a stacked box (laughs) from Seattle. Like, I still think Harris is good enough, and that run defense is easy enough to run against that Harris should continue to smash on Sunday night. Oh, I have him as my number two back this week. Um, Gorgeous. I, maybe, wow. yeah, yeah. No, I'm in, I'm in on, on Najee Harris for sure. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, it's unfortunate the the, the Juju loss, but that obviously is going to help the other. Ch- Chase Claypool wheels up. He's a, mm-hmm. I mean, you could rank him as a top 15. Both, you could rank Dante Johnson and Chase Claypool because it's such a, a narrow target tree. You could rank them both as uh, top 15 fantasy wideouts in this matchup. And we would rank our listeners as top 15 fantasy listeners, if that's a thing. You know what? Forget the top 15. You're in like, the top three. You're Najee Harris week six level listeners, and we appreciate you. We also appreciate that those are the games that we've had to preview. We're all out of them, but we would love to keep chatting with you, and we can do that on Twitter. You can follow me at Liz Loza underscore FF. You can follow Dalton at Dalton Del Don. And while you're there, make sure you're following at Yahoo Fantasy. Stick around here, too, because Matt Harmon will be joined by TJ Hernandez for a bonus DFS preview of this week's games on Saturday's episode of the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. And until then, peace.